the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Stupidity to stupid to ponder. That's what Nancy Armour came up with on Monday. Nancy's a columnist for USA Today. Uh, not a sports columnist, just an opinion writer. And as of today, she's also something else. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, here's what she wrote. Quote, don't be fooled by the people who screech about quote-unquote fairness to cloak their bigotry toward transgender girls and women. The transgender girls and women who have the audacity to want to play sports in particular This is and always was about hate, fear, and ignorance. ESPN's Samantha Ponder is the latest to tell on herself, using a tweet by anti-trans activist Riley Gaines to, quote, fight for the integrity of Title IX, unquote, and then patting herself on the the back for her support, quote-unquote, of women's sports, unquote. She then rips Ponder for not ever showing support for women's sports in other ways, you know, like equal funding for women's sports, that kind of stuff. And she writes again, quote, her public concern about quote-unquote fairness for female athletes starts and stops with the minuscule number of transgender women who are participating in sports. Now, I don't know how much Sam Ponder knows about sports. I've never watched her for three minutes. And I don't know how much any of the really good-looking female sports anchors at ESPN know about sports, but... Based on what Nancy Armour wrote, she, Nancy, should never be allowed to use the word sports in any column she writes from now until the end of her career. And when she retires, Nancy Armour will retire as at least a one-time winner of the AM 1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week. When we come back, Jeff McCall on the media coverage of Joe Biden's dive and other stuff, including stuff from the liberal sports media, like the woman I just mentioned. And in our second half hour, Joel Griffith of the Heritage Foundation to try to explain to us how something called ESG is causing uh, major corporations like Anheuser-Busch and Target to do really stupid things. Stick around. They are our cuddlers and co-workers her machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there's nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit PetsAndPeopleTogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency on earth. And if you owe back taxes, the news isn't good. The IRS is raising the interest rate it charges on unpaid taxes. And further rate hikes are expected. Most people don't know it, but the IRS adds interest charges to your tax debts daily. So if you owe the IRS today, you'll owe even more tomorrow. And it doesn't stop until you get right with the IRS. The good news is getting right can start with one phone call to Optima Tax Relief. 
America's number one tax relief firm. Optimus Tax Professionals specialize in the Fresh Start Initiative, a powerful IRS program that can save you thousands if you qualify. In fact, the experts at Optima have resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. Call now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Relief factor, pain relief. It's a natural pain relief that works. And pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at ReliefFactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Be the next success story. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250. The answer. Well, imagine how the non-Fox networks would have reacted if Donald Trump had taken a dive like the one Joe Biden took yesterday at the Air Force Academy. Actually, we don't have to imagine it because it's right there on the Internet forever from back a couple years ago. Uh, Jeff McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University, a media critic for The Hill, and a regular guest here anytime we need to talk about the media. Jeff, as uh, always, thanks for coming on. It's great to be with you, and it seems like we always need to talk about the media. Yeah, right. Uh, Well, CNN and MSNBC uh, brought doctors on to talk about what Trump, uh, when Trump was uh, gingerly walking down a ramp. Uh, I forget where he was. It might have been at some kind of a ceremony. And then the way he held a glass of water with both hands when he took a drink. They said that said something about his health. And I guess I, I did check. Uh, CNN did bring a doctor on last night. He suggested Biden use a cane, but that was nothing compared to the, according to uh, Newsbusters, 55 minutes they did on Trump back then when this issue with the ramp. And, and at that time, they were asking questions about, uh, not asking questions, raising issues and, uh, and uh, maybe implying that Trump was having neurological issues, and that's why he was holding on to the railing coming down the ramp. I don't think we got that kind of, um, I don't know, in-depth analysis last night. Oh, we certainly did not. And it's worth noting, too, that uh, when Trump was going slowly down that ramp several years ago, it had been raining, by the way. Yep. So the, the ramp was wet, which and, would have made a, a sensible reason for anybody to kind of be careful. And of probably going down aluminum, ramp. aluminum, which you could I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing with uh, the Biden stumble uh, is that the, the media kind of just moved by, like nothing to see here. This is no big deal. Hey, that could happen to anybody. And interestingly, uh, on the Newsweek Twitter feed, it said that Joe Biden appeared to have fallen. <laughs> when actually, of course, he fully fell. I On mean, it's, not like, it's yeah. not like he appeared to fall and, hey, we just didn't see that right, or maybe your yeah. eyes deceived you. He didn't really, uh, but he really did. 
And, you know, I mean, it's too bad. I'm glad he's okay and everything like that. But thank heavens we've got newsbusters to get in there and do that kind of comparison for us because it really needs to be done. And it does show again here that the media seem to want to be running protection for Joe Biden. And at a certain point, I think they owe it to us to try to help give us sensible, you know, verifiable information about his condition as an 80-year-old person. Uh, and, you know, maybe he's capable or maybe he's not. Uh, and also, I'm not, I'm not in favor of doing the speculation like what happened with Trump, because they were speculating he had a neurological disorder. But, it's, it, you know, the thing with Biden is we, we've seen several cases where he's, you know, had little stumbles or, uh, you know, stubbed his toe or whatever. And, I mean, I'm not saying that, doesn't, that, that he is then not capable of being president necessarily. I mean, FDR couldn't walk for a long time and, you know, couldn't get around. And he was still president through most of the, you know, World War II. But it does show you that the media has an, has an intentional uh, bias to try to protect Biden from any particular scrutiny about his age or his health or his abilities. Uh, but every time, you know, Trump looks the wrong direction, uh, yeah, it, you know, they want to make a big fuss about whether he's capable or what his health is like or whatever. And, and we still see stories about Trump. Uh, and his weight and whether he's healthy enough and, you know, that he doesn't live right or eat right, that he, you know, doesn't uh, eat healthy food and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, well, Joe Biden brags all the time about how much ice cream he has. So, I mean, let's just try to provide some balance here uh, and let's not get into speculation for people, you know, whose health really nobody can assess. Even medical doctors would have trouble assessing people at a distance. Um, And, yeah, and it is weird to think, again, that, you know, a major news organization like Newsweek would want to put in its coverage that he appeared to have fallen, and which shows, you know, clearly that they're unwilling to just say, Joe Biden fell. And I mean, maybe there was a good reason he fell. I don't know. Uh, but it didn't look very graceful. Uh, and, you know, somebody said, oh, well, he tripped over that sandbag. Like, okay, fine. But did he not know it was there? It was there when he went up there. Yeah. And was he, like, not paying attention, or does he have... Uh, visual problems, maybe, you know, that would be another thing for speculation. Does he see well enough to be able to see what's in front of him? Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, 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 but they're not going to go there. And, and, and by the way, this is, they're not going to go there any time between now and the 2024 election. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, uh, and by the way, before I get to that, if you go back and look at the video, if you've seen it <clears throat> uh, and you saw him fall, it's obvi- an obvious thing. But if you take a close look at it, at, as he finishes his speech, he has that look on his face that we've seen many times after he's spoken, either at a, at a formal speech like that or, you know, press conference or something in front of a group. He gets that look on his face like he has no idea where he is, which direction he's supposed to get, go when he backs away from the microphone. If you look at the video, that look is on his face just before he takes the dive. And so that's that. If you're looking for a neurological thing, there are multiple examples of that. Of the guy, you know, you've seen the, you've seen the uh, uh, cases where he just he goes and walks off and sticks his hand out, and there's nobody there. He had that yeah. look on his face yesterday. And, and I've yet to see MSNBC or the New York Times do any sort of writing about the situation where you know he doesn't know where to go yeah. and try try to do a neurological analysis of that. And I mean, again. You know, maybe there's something to it, maybe there's not. I'm not a medical doctor, but, yeah. but again, they're not going there. And as I was starting to say, they're not going to get into this, certainly before the 2024 election. But, uh, and again, I don't want to go too far out on a limb here in making predictions, but if Joe Biden runs for re-election and wins re-election, immediately after he takes that second oath of office in January of 25. Then we're going to see the media change, and then they are going to start looking at his medical acuity, because at that point, they don't need to worry about he can get reelected. They will be wanting to move on to whoever his vice presidential candidate well, is, which uh, presumably would be Kamala Harris. Yeah, which, and you can, bet, you can bet the establishment media would be itching to get Kamala Harris into absolutely. the Oval Office and Biden out of the way. So uh, we'll see if I'm right on that, but... If he wins re-election beginning in February of 2025, we're going to start to see more stories about, is this guy capable or not? And it's kind of been the same way that the media has suddenly turned on Dianne Feinstein. No. You know, is, is she capable 
of serving her office. And they don't, we don't see much, you know, we didn't see coverage about Feinstein for years, even though she was in decline way before just this spring. Um, and we didn't see that kind of coverage. But now um, they're all of a sudden wanting to get her out so they can get a preferred, probably more progressive person into that position. Yeah, uh, Feinstein, I was going to ask you about that. Um, you know, we haven't seen a lot of outrage or curiosity from the media about her. Um, she disappeared for three months, showed up in a wheelchair, not looking very good. Um, and just picture a Republican senator, a long-term senator, disappearing for three months and showing up looking the way she did, and the media just kind of, nah, letting it go. Yeah, just overlooking it. And, and, and getting back to the, that three months that she disappeared, you remember she had been gone a number of weeks before any news coverage surfaced about where she was or why she wasn't there. So, I mean, the media surely knew early on that she was away for health reasons and took a long time for them to finally do any reporting about that at all. And that was only when it was kind of like, oh, she's not there to help get Biden's judicial nominees through the Judiciary Committee. Uh, so it wasn't because, you know, is she capable of doing a job? It's like, hey, he's there, she's not there, to, and that's holding up, yeah. uh, you know, the, the agenda for, you know, getting more uh, progressive judges into the federal bench and that sort of thing. So it only became a matter of necessity at a certain point. Uh, but even since she's returned, we don't see a lot of news coverage on that. Uh, and what does come from the left side of the media on that is is basically who should take her place uh, when we can get her finally to step aside. Yep. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know if, whether she's going to decide that on her own or whether she's got staff or family is going to help decide that. But uh, I, I would think those folks should be uh, quite disappointed to think that the media now all of a sudden is worried about her condition when they apparently weren't long ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw a Time magazine cover, I think I saw it on Twitter yesterday, somebody put it up, uh, from 1996. It had Bob Dole's picture on the cover with the question, too old to run for president? He was 72. Yeah, yeah. And also, he was a pretty sharp 72. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, so that, that you know, uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's what, 25 years ago or so, but... Um, and maybe 72 was older in 1996 than it would be now. I hope so, because I'm, I'm older than that now. But, but um, uh, you know, again, he was a Republican. And if, yeah. it's, if it's a Democrat, it's wisdom and it's uh, experience. And don't worry about his age. If it's a Republican, uh-oh, Ronald Reagan, he's too old. Sure. Well, and, and, and again, it, it's not just Biden is old, but when you really look at the kind of the the leaders of the Democratic hierarchy uh, in Congress and across the nation. Uh, we're talking about people who are well into senior citizenship. And again, I'm, I'm not opposed to that because yeah. many, sen many seniors are fully capable of functioning. But when you think of Bernie Sanders and uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, for crying out loud, they're all pretty old and older than Bob Dole was when the question came up about whether he was too old to serve. Yeah. Um, and, how do you think, what should we be expecting here uh, from the left-leaning media uh, in their coverage of the DeSantis-Trump uh, fight? I mean, they, they hate Trump, but they only hate DeSantis a little less. So what do you expect to see from them in that one? Uh, you know, I think they're going to look at uh, Trump and DeSantis as uh, equal opportunity evils. Mm -hmm. uh, because they're already portraying DeSantis as a boogeyman. Uh, and, you know, even though he's still trailing in the polls pretty much, I do think that the establishment media, as I like to call them, mm -hmm. has figured out that DeSantis is probably the biggest threat to Trump. And so they are already in full gear trying to discredit him uh, and take him down a notch. Should he end up getting some traction into the primaries or should something happen to Trump, an indictment or yeah. a conviction or whatever, if Trump falls off the, the pace, so to speak, uh, the media have to have all of their guns lined up for DeSantis and want to uh, destabilize him early on. Uh, and, and it's been pretty clear. Um, you know, when, when DeSantis, uh, you know, was just the governor a year or so ago, you know, no, nobody in the left-wing media could have really cared that much. But then he got into the culture wars and they started ramping up, you know, the anti-DeSantis stuff. Uh, but it really went into high gear once he became an announced president. And, 
you know, it's been weird to watch the coverage of, I mean, let, let's face it, uh, DeSantis's campaign launch on Twitter uh, did not go well. I think everybody can acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you, you can still see articles now in the various establishment media outlets like, well, DeSantis, whose campaign got off to a terrible start because of the glitch on Twitter, it's like, you know, that's kind of in the who, what, so what category by now. But they're still bringing that up as somehow that that was his fault, that he didn't have the, the technicians working at Twitter correctly. But they're going to make him the boogeyman, uh, and he's going to be the equal to Trump in terms of uh, negativity. Uh, and I think we'll see that going forward. And, and, and again, by the way, it's not that the, the progressive media has any interest in supporting Nikki Haley or Tim Scott no. or Asa Hutchison or anybody else. And I mean, think about this. If any of those other kind of lesser candidates at the moment, and I don't mean them, I don't mean that in terms of their capabilities, but just where they are in the polls, mm-hmm. okay? If any of those people started getting polling the tra- you know, and traction that they might have a shot, they'll, they'll certainly be demonized very quickly. And, you know, Nikki Haley looks uh, non-threatening now, and Mike Pence looks non-threatening now. But if they started polling at 20 or 25 percent, you can bet the New York Times would go after them. The Washington Post would have a hit job on them. And one of the things we need to remember is when you know, Barack Obama was running for president the first time, his opponent was John McCain. Uh, and when, his, when he was running for reelection, his opponent was Mitt Romney. And I'm thinking, well, you know, in terms of the progressive world, those would be the kind of Republicans you would want yeah. uh, on a national ticket. And they were totally brutalized and demonized. McCain was awful in the eyes of the New York Times. And, you know, Mitt Romney, you know, was dismissed for his foreign policy and his binders full of women and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, he got kind of the Trump treatment before it was the Trump treatment. Uh, and you look back now and you think, oh, well, Romney was about as moderate or mild a Republican as you could get on a national ticket. And the media beat him up just as though he were Trump almost. He's basically a Democrat now. I, I got a, a couple of minutes left. I wanted to talk to you about, there's a couple of things, we don't have time for all of it, but uh, the Dodgers have been in the news a lot with their invitation to a group of drag queen nuns to their pride night. Uh, lots of outrage from the conservative outlets, but not much at all from the reliably liberal sports media. Uh, Mike Freeman of USA Today wrote that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are the heroes of this Dodgers story. That's And that's my former colleagues in the sports media, that they are as predictable as you can be when it comes to taking that kind of a stance. You know, it, you know as, I'm a guy who follows sports and has enjoyed sports you know, for a long time. And I must say, over the years, one thing that has been very surprising is to see how the sports media has suddenly want to become culturally activist mm-hmm. as opposed to just covering the ball games. And I've said for a long time, sports fans, that'd be you, that'd be me, most of your listeners, they're interested and the success and the performance of the athletes and how they represent the communities and who can hit a ball and who can throw a ball uh, and who can tackle and stuff like that. Most sports fans are not interested in the cultural implications of sport, and, and I really wish that the professional sports franchises would read the room a little bit better and to get a sense of what their fans are like, what their communities like, and provide us sports entertainment without all of the peripheral progressive activism that they want to engage in. And I don't know who they think they're doing this for, because let's face it, you know, these sisters are perpetual whatever. You you can bet that they're not Dodgers fans and that they're not reading box scores and that sort of thing. They're activists and they're progressives. And so I don't know why we need to cater to them. And I just really wish that we would try to get the culture wars out of ball games. But, you know, the NBA's full bore on that. The NHL kind of got in trouble with that over the winter Mm -hmm. by trying to push you know, pride night. you know, yeah. gay pride uniforms on the players yep. and that sort of thing. And I'm just thinking, don't make the players pawns in your political activism, and let's enjoy sports. Yeah, and um, it, but it's it's interesting to me. And I got about thirty seconds or less than a minute here. Um, it's just it's interesting to me that the the liberal sports media never takes the conservative side. They they were f- thrilled to uh, glom on to uh, Colin Kaepernick. But the but uh, uh, if Clayton Kershaw stands up and says he doesn't like these nuns, he's a bad guy. What's he doing? Why is he say, why is he going public with this? Yeah, and I must say they put these athletes in a very difficult position, 
And Colin Kaepernick called attention to himself and mm-hmm. became a hero. Uh, these other athletes have not brought this upon themselves. Uh, they're just reacting to what was forced upon them. But I must say, I admire these guys for standing up and saying, this doesn't fit my belief structure, uh, and I don't feel like I need to be participating to support it. Hey, uh, Jeff, I'm out of time. I wish I had a little bit more. We'll be uh, talking again soon, I'm sure. Hey, have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. That's Jeff McCall. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Justice Department has concluded its probe into classified documents found in the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. The DOJ says it will not bring charges against Pence. That's great news for the former Vice President, who is now just days away from making an expected entry into the 2024 presidential race. Pence's team examined his home for documents earlier this year after classified materials turned up earlier in the homes and former offices of President Biden and former President Trump. Bob Agner reporting. A tropical depression has formed in the Gulf of Mexico, a national hurricane center forecasters say the storm had maximum sustained winds of 35 miles per hour it was located about 290 miles west northwest of fort myers florida on wall street the dow had 717 points the nasdaq up 146 this is srn news people ask me sometimes lance i'm worried about my finances and i feel bad because i shouldn't be worried right I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 98. 9898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. Mike Gallagher says we have bigger fish to fry. I almost fell off the couch. Do you know they're changing the names of all these military bases that have Confederate generals in the title, like Fort Benning in Georgia? Changing the name. There's like five or six military bases. That's what we're worried about? This is what the Democrats sit around and worry about? The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager Store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Expect a moonlit sky for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 65. Tomorrow, partly sunny, very warm. Tomorrow's high, 89. 
Tomorrow night, clear and moonlit with a low of 60. Mostly sunny and pleasant for Sunday. The start of an extended stretch of noticeably cooler weather will reach a high Sunday of 79. Monday, clouds and sun, the high 75. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we've seen what appear to be some really stupid marketing moves made by some major corporations in the last few weeks, beginning with Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light and then Target. Uh, so are they as dumb as they look? Is it all about ESG? Well, Joel Griffith is a research fellow for economics policy studies at the Heritage Foundation, and he joins us now. Joel, thanks for having uh, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Hey, glad to be there. Thanks for having me. So, um, uh, can you explain exactly what ESG is? Yeah, ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. All about forcing corporations to look at things such as the environmentalism and combating climate change and social equity rather than actually focusing on maximizing profits for shareholders, which, of course, maximizing profits for shareholders means that we as the consumers often uh, get to see better prices as well. So this focus on ESG is why you see companies that, for instance, like uh, Chevron that are, or BP that are engaged in fossil fuel extraction, you see them pursuing climate change alarmism and getting out of the fossil fuel companies. That's why you see retailers like Target that are supposed to be focused on delivering merchandise of good quality and good prices, while they're, why, uh, it explains why they are focusing on moving forward a, a very far-left social agenda. Well, who came up with this? Uh, well, this has been um, something um, we have to uh, remember. A lot of the people that are pushing for this, they actually aren't looking at maximizing profits. When you hear go woke, go broke, may or may not be true. It might actually, you know, if the company goes woke, perhaps it will hurt their, their sales, like you've seen with uh, Budweiser recently. But remember, the people that are pushing this forward, uh, it's for the most part an ideological agenda. You've got people that are coming out of, public education, going through business schools that are very far to the left, even at the business schools, and they end up in these companies, and their mission is to change society, not necessarily to make a profit. That explains a big part of this. And if you look at how these corporations are being impacted by shareholder resolutions, a lot of the people that are proposing resolutions that are shareholders, they're actually small shareholders, and they're pushing for far-left policies, not because they're trying to maximize any type of profit, but because they are trying to reshape our country in an ideological manner. Profit is not the number one motive when they're far-left extremists. Their goal is to reshape society, and in many instances, they're actually winning. Well, it seems to me that the purpose of a company, uh, especially one with lots of stockholders, is to make money. And you only exist for as long as you are actually, you know, making money. So... If you have people pushing ideas that, uh, in the in the uh, case of a Bud Light, uh, is causing you to lose billions of dollars over a few weeks' time, how is that good for the future of the company? How is that good for anybody? And how is that company going to still exist to um, push your your social agenda if you're still interested in doing that? You won't have a company to do it with. Wow. Yeah, well, we've seen a big shift away from what uh – what we used to have was a commitment to the shareholders, and now we've seen a shift over to what they're calling stakeholder capitalism, where people other than the shareholders now are considered to have an equal, even greater say in how a company is managed. And for the other stakeholders, the main purpose is not to actually deliver results and have an efficient company and ensure that shareholders are compensated, that a company can grow. Can grow. Their goal is to use the power of these corporations to reshape Society. That is at the bottom line. Yeah, but Joel, uh, excuse me, but what I, I, that, this, how are these are supposed to be smart people? How do they not know that they're they're participating in the disintegration of the company? Maybe it's a slow well, process. Here, well, here's the thing: it's not always clear that going woke actually does mean a company goes broke. A lot of times, you have these companies that are going woke that are actually working alongside the federal government. Think about the E and ESG, the environmental component. Uh, well, when you're able to actually influence government regulation to ensure that you're going to push forward a Green New Deal that favors very wasteful, um, very expensive 
renewable fuels, for instance, are going to cost middle-class families $1,000 extra a year. Um, yeah, it's a loser for us. We go broke as people, but a lot of times these companies, because they're working hand-in-hand, colluding with the federal government, they actually make more money when they go woke. It's very perverse. Yeah, this is um, this is what Ron DeSantis uh, says, uh, and he has an alliance of 18 states uh, to fight back against the Biden administration's ESG agenda, he says, which he says is, quote, destabilizing the American economy and the global financial system, unquote. Is that is that an overstatement? No, Governor DeSantis is absolutely correct. This is destabilizing our lives, particularly when you look at how climate alarmism is uh, forcing us to actually abandon our abundant fuel sources. That that one component alone of going woke, we estimate that Heritage Foundation could cost us $8,000 a year in higher energy prices. He's exactly right. We talked about the financial system as well. I think what Governor DeSantis is referencing is, you know, you have a lot of these uh, banks now that are starting to, uh, to, to, to debank people based on political uh, viewpoints. This is very dangerous where... Now the decisions about where we get our finances from and who's actually going to provide us loans could be based on what our political ideology is. That is very un-American. And Governor DeSantis is absolutely right. Um, And he also says, uh, another quote, corporate elite use their economic power to impose policies on the country that they could not achieve at the ballot box. So this only works with um, liberal government participation and... um, and help, uh, and participation, and, and uh, force. One glaring example of that um, is it's one of the banks that went under. We know what we all know about SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, but there's another bank, um, uh, as Signature Bank, um, out of the East Coast. And if you look at their uh, environmental um, uh, or their ESG guidelines that came out before they went belly up and before the depositors are built up by the taxpayers, um, yeah, they were doing things that, of course, they couldn't pass the ballot box. They said they weren't going to make loans. To, um, to private prisons that keep us safe. They weren't going to make loans to parts of the defense industry, to firearms manufacturers. They had a whole list of types of businesses that are vital to the success of our country and vital to our security that that bank said, nah, we're not going to lend to you. And you're exactly right, and so was the governor. This is something that couldn't have passed at the ballot box, but yet these corporations, including that bank, were making that law for us. We're talking to Joel Griffith. He's a research fellow for economics policy studies at the Heritage Foundation. So um, uh, are people's pensions and retirement funds put in danger because money set aside for them might be being invested in companies with the high ESG score? Yes, this is a big threat. Uh, when you see investment managers like BlackRock that are actually managing, fund, managing funds and investing in companies not based on profit potential, but based upon whether the company's doing the right social agenda, that does put the future of the, of the retirees at risk. Um, and you see some states that are actually saying they're only going to put money in the hands of investment managers that are pursuing ESG. So now you have these state actors that are putting the retirement of the pensioners at risk. They're putting their taxpayers at risk because they're going to have to raise taxes eventually to make up the difference. And they're putting our country at risk because of their denying capital to companies like say, fossil fuel companies, that puts our economy at risk. And I'm very thankful for the leadership of Governor DeSantis and actually more than a dozen other governors that are saying when it comes to state tax dollars that are invested in retirement accounts, they are no longer going to invest those funds with these asset managers that are pursuing these woke, destructive ESG policies. So there are many states who are putting right now public money into companies based on ESG instead of, uh, you know, the best chance of getting a return on investment, that they're actually involved in doing that right now on a large scale? Oh, yes, this is happening right now in states like Maine and California and New York and Illinois. Yes, they are already doing this and mandating that those funds be invested according to the ESG policies. And, of course, those pension plan asset managers, they get paid a percentage of the assets every year. They are quite literally becoming very wealthy. The same thing goes with the politicians that have their pensions and their high incomes. They're going to be just fine. But it's the regular people, the regular businesses that are going to be harmed by this. So what should regular people and regular businesses do uh, when it comes time to uh, decide which bank they're going to use as their business's bank or which bank you're going to put your life savings in or which bank you're going to buy a CD from? 
But I think it's very important that you take a look at who your who your money managers are, even for your mutual funds. You know, there are other options now that you can place your money. Uh, one company is actually Strive Asset Management out of Columbus, Ohio, where they are not political in how they manage their funds. And when it comes to actually voting, you know, if, let's say you have $100,000 in your retirement account or $50,000, you are probably not taking the time to vote your shares in all the hundreds of companies that the mutual fund owns. Right. And the left wing knows this. And that's why there's a handful of these companies that control almost 98% of the marketplace that are voting your shares. And if you're a conservative, which half the country roughly is conservative, chances are your shares are actually being voted by a left-wing asset management company. So I think it's very important to pursue other options. You can invest in the broader market and not have a woke asset manager. And then on the other way we can barely get involved, this is a very real way, is, is, uh, is contact your legislators. Advocate for legislation, especially if you're in a red state, a conservative state. Advocate for legislation that will yank all taxpayer money out of these ESG companies and redirect that money to asset management companies that are not political in nature. We can save the country by doing this. So, but how would um, how would I know, how would I go about finding out which companies are basing their investments on ESG? Uh, how do I do that if I'm an uh, if I'm just a regular guy, not not a yeah. somebody who has millions of dollars to invest? Uh, well, yeah, Heritage Foundation has been very involved in helping to uh, propose policies on the state level. But another great organization, Alliance Defending Freedom, has a viewpoint diversity um, scorecard. And go to uh, go Alliance, go to that uh, to go to the website, and you can actually download that report for free, of course. And it has hundreds of companies, including many banks that are listed, and it goes into detail into their user agreements, into their um, their shareholder um, um, resolutions that have been made. And you can get a very good idea of which banks are, are are the worst and which ones aren't so bad. So there are people riding home from work right now listening to you and me, and they don't know that the money that they think, you know, they just are going home from work, they've finished another week, and they've, you know, stashed a little bit more money away into their 401k, and they're just not aware of what's happening with that money. I mean, how many people are in that situation right now? I think the majority of us are in that situation where we're working hard, we're trying to put away a little bit of money each week so that we can retire and not be in poverty, and yet we're completely blind to the fact that our fifty, hundred thousand dollars that we've managed to accumulate, all of those shares that we own are being voted on, are being voted in proxy by these left-wing activist groups. And um, you know, it's not just that we're harming our own financial future; you know, we're harming the financial future of others. And, um, you know, the, the left wing has been far, um, far ahead on this crusade for decades now. We're just starting to catch up. And uh, this is a very real thing that we can all play with our own dollars uh, simply by moving funds from, from uh, asset managers that are very left wing and find somebody who's neutral to manage those funds for us. So if I see an ad on TV for, a, you know, for an investment firm, they're on there all the time. And I'm I got some money I want to invest, and I call them up. How do what do I ask them to make sure that uh, well, you know to to cover this ESG issue? I would say rather than uh, relying on them to give you an honest answer, because chances are you're not going to get one. Mm-hmm. I would actually use that uh, that viewpoint of score that I just mentioned from ADF okay. that actually breaks down these companies and actually shows you exactly where um, the the pitfalls are. Okay, now it's hard to imagine a dumber marketing move, on the surface anyway, than the one Bud Light made with Dylan Mulvaney a few weeks ago. But if ESG is taken into account, are you saying that it doesn't actually, maybe it looks a little less dumb, or is it even possibly smart? Well, look, yeah, for, for Bud Light, their, their market share, at least temporarily, has been severely impacted. Sales are down, what we can tell, sales are down about 25% year over year. So that is a win for now. But we don't know how long-lasting that's going to be. I hope it, I hope it is long-lasting. But we don't know that for every Bud Light, there are dozens of other companies that have been engaged in woke ideology now. So um, you know, sometimes these boycotts are successful. It's sadly not that often. I think with Bud Light, it has been. Uh, they, they went too far in the eyes of the American public. But one way in which we can all be involved on a regular basis is by choosing where we're putting our mutual fund dollars. 
we can do this on a weekly basis. And if we all get together and if these states that are conservative move out their hundreds of billions of dollars of, of pension assets into uh, asset managers that are not driven by a left-wing ideology, I think we can turn this around. Well, if I'm a liberal um, with and liberals invest their money and liberals want to have a comfortable retirement – Am I am I happy that this is happening? Uh, am I is ah. it and only is it only am I happy only because well this is more important than money to me that that uh, Dylan Mulvaney is accepted by guys drinking beer at the while they're watching the uh, March Madness. Well, look on the e component on the environmental component. Um, I just think there's a lot of ignorance with that, and people really don't realize just how much a woke environmental agenda is going to cost us. Um, most people are oblivious to that. Yeah. On the S, on the, on the social issue, um, I, I do believe that there's a lot of people on the far left that are, that are willing to actually forfeit some, some, uh, some profits if it means pushing forward their very left-wing view of the world. For some of them, it, it actually is not just about the money. They want to reshape the world. Like you said, they can't do it through the ballot box, and so they'll do it through the corporations if they can. Is this coming from uh, the World Economic uh, um, WEF? Oh, WEF is certainly part of the problem. Uh, I think their primary objective is solidifying um, control, which we saw leading up to COVID, and then we saw it on steroids throughout COVID, where the ultimate agenda is to have a supra-national uh, body that will be making economic decisions and other lifestyle decisions for all of us, which uh, would absolutely amass, uh, would absolutely erode our own uh, United States sovereignty. The last thing for Joel Griffith, uh, Research Fellow for Economics Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. So uh, is it, are, are we getting close to the point where this cannot be turned around, or could it be turned around just by maybe what happens in the election 17 months from now? Uh, the election uh, with the right president would certainly be a uh, help, but it has to go further than that, because states have a lot of power here. States can lead the way in diverting money away into companies that are actually going to be vote these shares in a responsible manner. And we as, uh, we as people, individuals, have responsibility as well to ensure that our dollars are being managed by those who, who actually cherish our values. You know, if you want to advance a far-left far agenda through your investment dollars, that's your right to do so. Um, but here's where the next president can play a very important role. We need to ensure that the Securities and Exchange Commission that regulates all these mutual funds, that they're actually enforcing what's known in the legal world as the fiduciary standard. Mm-hmm. Where if you're an investment manager, your primary, your, your primary loyalty, your first and foremost loyalty is to the shareholders or to the people that you're managing the investment dollars for. There's been very lax enforcement of that, which has allowed these investment managers to make these decisions not with not with the fiduciary duty in mind to those that, that have actually worked so hard to save this money, but they've, they've embraced a social agenda. The SEC has a very important role to play in enforcing the law that says you have a fiduciary duty to the shareholders and to the people you're managing money for. Well, one good reason to get the Democrats out of there. Joel, I, I appreciate you coming on, uh, as always. Hope to talk to you again. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Okay, you too. That's Joel Griffith, Heritage Foundation. And it's not just about not buying Bud Light. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-950-0099. 800-950-0099. That's 800-950-0099.
Hey, are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. This is John Stagerwald. Mike didn't just stop at the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, made from the world's best cotton called Giza. These sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, with prices starting as low as $29.98. These sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code STAG at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-716-8087 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code STAG. Remember, this sale won't last forever, so don't miss out. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So I mentioned about my uh, my friends in the, liberal me- in the sports media and how liberal they are. Uh, here's something to close off with, uh, talking about the Dodgers, which we spent a lot of time talking about this week. This is from uh, someone named Alex Reimer at the uh, at the website called awfulannouncing.com, which is a pretty big and successful sports uh, website. Pride Month is now a war. Despite a decade-long ascendance towards cultural ubiquity, brands that embrace the rainbow flag during June are now facing blowback. While the campaign against Bud Light and its partnership with transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney and its relative success has sparked the latest wave of pride backlash, the anti-pride movement became revitalized last year on the baseball diamond. And that's when he points out that five Tampa Bay Rays pitchers refused to wear rainbow patches on their uniforms. Here's the best thing. The Major League Baseball Players Union is starting to push back, and they're going to the owners and say, leave us out of the wokeness. Let us play ball and leave us alone. Seems like a pretty good message to me. Talk to you Monday. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.